Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. I'm hopeful that I can bring, I suppose, like the key aspects, the key changes that are required within the organisation. But I'm also very confident that I have the support of the members. Unanimous support by the board and unanimous support by the council, which I think is a healthy situation. There is a controversy, there is an issue, and it, it, could, it could have been, you know, I, won't, I don't want to embarrassing isn't the right word. The FAI have a financial commitment of 74 million euros to make today lands on road stadium development. Uh, if we have to write that check, those checks tomorrow morning, we have the facilities to do so. End of story. Would you? Tell me any business that's got loads of cash. <laughs> I don't know many. Everybody's cutting back, everyone's leaving people go, everyone's looking at their expenditure. That's the world that we live in. Does the minister believe that taxpayers' money is being deployed effectively based on what he has seen? But I did it in the best interest of football. A debt figure of 55 million is pretty horrifying. So yes or no answer? Well, I'm not saying yes. It appears that you, you're giving the two fingers to not just Sport Ireland, not just the Transport Committee. Did you ever um, consider your position? I, I, I've read my statement already. Now, in November 2009, we will never forget... Uh, Ireland miss out on World Cup qualification thanks to the infamous uh, Thierry Henry, uh, uh, the hand of Thierry Henry and all that. And the story is, as we remember, a major controversy, not just here, but, but worldwide. But little did we know that Delaney was leveraging that situation or would leverage that situation to get €5 million Euro out of Sepp Blatter uh, and FIFA and not particularly recorded in the books or make it, make it prominent that it was happening. Um, this will come out later, a few years down the line. But what does it say about how Delaney was running the finances at that stage? One of the fascinating things about John Delaney is that you don't know, does he have an embarrassment gene, you know, or where his boundaries are? And I suppose everyone was disgusted with the, what happened with Henri handing the ball before passing it to William Gallas for that goal. And, but, yeah, as you say, John Delaney kind of didn't have, show any embarrassment. You know, there was a, an idea of, you know, can we be the 33rd team at the World Cup in South Africa? They have asked, can't we be team number 33 in the World Cup? It was something that was said on, very much on the periphery of the meeting. The biggest regret is that a private meeting, when you have a private meeting with anybody, it should be kept confidential. The FBI leveraged that, as you say, to get a €5 million Euro loan initially from FIFA. Privately, they were admitting this to FIFA, how bad the FBI's finances were with the Aviva setup and not going to World Cup. There was no new cash flow coming in, so they needed that money. John Delaney would be pressurising FIFA to write off the loan and it was eventually done so the FBI could keep that money and they, wor they worked with Deloitte, the auditors at the time, to ensure the money wasn't prominently displayed. It went into the FBI's books and it only came out later when Delaney let it slip 
um, on in a, an interview with Ray Darcy in 2015, causing huge outcries mm. that came in the middle of the whole FIFA scandal, the, the, the FIFA corruption investigation, and showing kind of some of the dodgy deals that, that FIFA got in. And, you know, you had to have FIFA and John Delaney, you know, telling everyone from the BBC and New York Times that this wasn't a bribe or anything. This was a, a normal transaction. That is, that's uh, an issue outside at this moment, outside my jurisdiction, really. I, I genuinely don't know enough about the ins and outs of it. You know, for the normal football fan, it was just a moment of complete embarrassment that, you know, we'd use that kind of moment of outrage to, to get some money to plug a financial hole. But for many in the sport and the grassroots and John Delaney supporters, this was, you know, John Delaney, you know, having been dealt a bad hand and using it to get extra money in for Irish football. And they saw it as a great thing. And it depended on which side of the yeah. pitch you were on, whether that was a good deal or not. Well, wonders whether he saw in Sepp Blatter a man he could do business with, and, and Julie did. Eddie Murray, who was the um, honorary treasurer uh, all that time, said, you can call him a hustler if you like, but he's doing the business for the association and doing it properly. And that was the attitude of a lot of people. Yeah, and definitely that was the attitude of the FAI board. You know, they saw John Delaney as a man who could pull rabbits out of hat, hats continually. And this is the thing, when we looked into the FAI's finances, they were so close to the precipice so many times, but John Delaney would pull these mm. rabbits out of the hat, whether it's a FIFA 5 million or a, a, a sponsorship that they didn't think was going to come. Um, this time, we'd also see the real emergence of, in his public profile of Delaney as the celebrity CEO. You know, there's the, the boozing with fans on away trips, you know, throwing his tie into the crowd after matches became a thing at that time. And then when Ireland reached Euro 2012, He's partying harder than, than any of the fans. And all of this, uh, the drinking, the excesses, the partying in Poland being recorded on camera phones. Now, it felt at the time like he was out of control at that stage. Was there concern in the FAI at all about how, how he was behaving? Yeah, mass massive concern. So the, the chairman of the FAI at the time, the president, was a guy called Paddy McCall. And he was disgusted with... Like, he, he actually felt about leaving... Um, Sapo, uh, where the Irish team were based, and going back home, he was so disgusted at what's happening. And remember, Ireland were losing all their matches badly. Like w w I was there as a fan, you know, uh, the mm. famous 4-0 game against Spain. It was, you know, we're, we're singing Fields of Athenry in defiance because of how badly the team were performing. And there's Delaney out partying. If, if you were in Sapo, you, you quickly hear, oh, John's buying pints for everyone next door. You know, go in. And he's there shoeless after one night, you know, really disheveled. So after, and this only became out years later, I suppose, and this is the problem with the FAI board. They didn't communicate with, with, with each other. Paddy McCall and Eamon Naughton, two senior members of the FAI board, confronted John Delaney over his uh, behaviour in, in, in Poland you know, and the drunken behaviour. Um, but John Delaney stood up to them. He said, you know, you, you can't take me down or the, the FAI will, will be punished. You know, the FAI will... I bring the FAI down, is what he said to them. And this is, you know, Paddy McCall and, everyone, and Eamon Naughton stood back and they didn't push it. And I spoke to board members and we interviewed them for the book and they said, you know, if Paddy had come to me, I, we could have supported him at that time. But they only found out years later that this confrontation had happened between mm. the president of the FEI and its CEO. And instead, I suppose, of, you know, John Delaney getting a public rap on his knuckles or being moved out of his position, it actually, you know, it strengthened his position over the, over the FEI board. It makes him feel, it makes him sound all powerful in, in a real sense that he would threaten to bring the FEI down over being, being chastised 
by the board who was who were essentially that was what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, like I see that as you know John Delaney saying, look, I'm too important. If the FAI, if I'm I'm pushed out, the FAI will collapse. You know, I'm too. I've got the relationship with Dennis O'Brien, who's funding the majority share of Trapattoni's salary at the time. I've got the relationships with other key sponsors. I, I'm so important. If you move against me, the FAI will collapse. So that's the way I interpret that. You know, quite a threatening comment uh, to make and. From a corporate governance point of view, when you have a, a CEO making threats to the chairman of the board like that, it's, you have Not to good. stand back and say, hang on, the roles are completely reversed here. It's the chairman who should be in the position of power, not the CEO. Yeah. This is where the, the cult of John Delaney essentially really begins to take off and cultivated by himself, obviously. He's, he's, he's cultivating the, the power of the grassroots, travelling the length and breadth of the country, dishing out grants, etc. One club even names their ground John Delaney Park. Uh, in his honour. While he's also becoming a, a celebrity in national life, um, he's, he's doing chat shows, relationship with his new girlfriend is, is very prominent. One newspaper uh, even makes a, a, a documentary about him extolling his virtues. What's he at here at this stage? There, there, John Delaney has a lot of narcissistic tendencies, you know, and he, he, I came to see himself as the FEI, I think, and he, he had these great ideas as well, you know, the festivals of football, which, you know, would be held before each AGM, so every an annual event, but they'd go if it was Meath or Mayo or Donegal, mm. they'd go up there for a week. They'd bring up a you know a reti recently retired uh, international, maybe be Ray Houghton or someone like that, and they go on the circuit to the local football clubs, and they'd love it. Of course they would. You know they're getting Ray Houghton or, or, or you know Packy Bonner when he worked there. They'd be on these tours, and it was like a travelling bus going around, and a lot of drink taken at these spreading the love around the grassroots. You know, f soccer clubs, football clubs, they wouldn't get local coverage, usually be overshadowed by the, the, maybe the GA clubs or maybe the rugby clubs, depending on what part of the country. They're getting all this attention lavished on them. So that, it was actually a really good idea, the Festival of Football idea. But, you know, it all became about John Delaney. Um, the AGMs, you know, the, the videos showing that the football journalists used to count how many times Delaney appeared in the videos. And, you know, people get a sense, you know, that if a footballer like Packy Bonner, who was a senior technical role in the FAI for up to 2010, you know, John didn't like the attention he used to get because, you know, he's a football hero and John wanted, wanted the spotlight to be on him. And you really see from 2014 then that uh, after he started going out with Emma English, that uh, his style changes, you know, you get the slick back hair. He becomes the, you know, the, the executive CEO, kind of, you know, uh, you know, the guy who strutted stuff around Europe, not the guy now who's propping up the bars with the fans so much. Just wanted to mention one incident that happens. Um, I mean, Trapattoni is sacked, Ireland failed to qualify for World Cup 2014. Uh, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane comes in, come in, another, again, another big coup, seen as Delaney making a big deal, making it happen. Just a little story that is kind of instructive around this time. 2014, he's filmed singing an IRA song by a camera phone uh, in a bar after a match. Why is his reaction to that story so revealing about how he's managing his public image at this time? Yeah, you can see like John Delaney in, in a lot of ways is manipulative and really singing a rebel song in a pub. It was kind of a minor story, but what, re what happened, what was amazing covering it as a news journalist at the time, you'd make phone calls to the FAI press office and they wouldn't come back to you. Balls.ie, you know, well-known website, put up the video. It looks like John Delaney. Here he is singing a rebel song, you know, at a very sensitive time. We were due to play England. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, they're told by the FAI press office, that's not John Delaney, he'll sue you if you don't take that down. So they take it down. Next thing, the FAI instructs legal uh, firms over in the UK to threaten both the Daily Telegraph and the Guardian newspaper, two big newspapers, that that's not John Delaney. Eventually, Emmett Malone, and fair play to him, he got the story out there. 
but you know, in the face of all these legal threats, and you're like, hang on, they're making legal threats not based on reality. You know that mm. that is him. Why didn't he just admit it? At this time as well, and I wonder is this as much what the, the curating the public image is about? He is pushing big time for a seat on the UEFA executive committee, campaigning for, for that, and he gets it. His career is on the ascendant. Public profile is huge, but there's a fly in the ointment in 2017 in the form of the, the women's team and their decision to go on strike about their conditions. How embarrassing was that for him? And what did it tell us about the, the globetrotting administrator here versus the reality of Irish football, on the other hand. The women's soccer team for years had been complaining about their, their problems. Um, they were, weren't getting match fees. Um, the women were trying to work from hotels, you know, when they're on international duty, but the hotels booked didn't even have Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, they didn't have strength and normal strength and conditioning uh, courses and, you know, no proper goalkeeping coaches. And for the, people like Emma Byrne then decided to take a stand. We're actually fighting for the future of women's football. It's not for us, and that's what, gives us the confidence to do it. If it was just for us, we'd probably do what we've done for the last 25 years. It's for the future women's football, and it can only be good. They got the Professional Football Association of Ireland, kind of one, the one kind of body in Irish football that had always kind of stood up to Delaney to represent footballers. And, you know, they decided to call his bluff and go public. And this is seen as, you know, crossing the line by John Delaney. They said, look, we're having to hand back our tracksuits when we come back from international duty. We're having to change in toilets and airports, and it's just not right. We want, we want you know, fair process here, we want to be supported so we can actually qualify for tournaments. And at the same time this is happening, John Delaney's in Helsinki being elected as, onto this EXCO, which is the, the most powerful committee on UEFA, the, the governing body for European sport. And so on the same day, we had people like Shane Ross and Kieran Mulvey putting out press releases, praising John Delaney, you know, get, well done in getting this position, you're going to be a powerful voice for Irish sport. And at the same time, you had Irish women going on strike effectively to try and get you know, their own tracksuits so that they don't have to change in airport, hot, uh, airport uh, toilets. John Delaney had to loan the FAI 100,000 euro of his own personal money in April 2017. Since we did that story, John Delaney has explained that, that was a short-term bridging loan. It was done for the FAI's best interests. It's time we looked at where taxpayers' money is going, as there are clear omissions in the information being given. On legal advice, I'm precluded from making any further comments at this hearing in relation to the finances of the association or my former role as CEO or the 100,000 payment, either directly or indirectly. I regret the embarrassment that this entire issue has caused to them and the association. But I did it in the best interest of football. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, Mark, this is where you come into the story. On March the 1st, 2019, you find an envelope on your desk in your office. Yeah. Tell us what happened then. I'd, I'd just come back from the Dennis O'Brien uh, Sunday Business Post case, you know, where the, sun, the paper had won successfully. And uh, I, I, it was late in the evening and found this letter or envelope where there was a, a cheque, a photocopy of a cheque for €100,000 from John Delaney to the FAI and a remittance payment for 100000 going from the FAI to John Delaney. You know, we, we immediately were, you know, kind of jaw drop. Well, look, we don't know exactly what we have, but this is an insight or leak from the FAI. We suspected, you know, it wasn't in the FAI's published accounts. We worked on the story for two weeks. We were happy there wasn't genuine, this is actually happening. This, this transaction happened, hadn't been declared. And next thing, you know, I was ready to go home. I remember I had my hoodie on and um, I got word from Hugh Hannigan, the solicitor in the Sunday Times, saying, John Delaney's taking a, an injunction against you. Down the, let's get down to the four courts. March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day, uh, the court case started at half six. You know, the judge was mad to get going. We, I turn up and I see John Delaney there in his suit with his lawyers with him. And uh, we were kind of underdressed for the occasion. But uh, we got Tom Hogan, a senior counsel, came in at the last minute and he was just amazing, you know, kind of laying it out there saying, why are you waiting for the last minute to do this last ditch tackle on us? Uh, you know, you could have at any stage in the last 15 days, you know, gone for an injunction if you really like John Delaney's whole case was that this was uh, we got a leak from his divorce case a family law proceedings for the circuit court which I knew nothing about uh, and thankfully after a three-hour hearing Judge Anthony Barr said there was significant public interest in the transaction that we were investigating we got the story out there it was you know a last gasp dash to get the, the story into the Sunday Times for that weekend and it started off really, uh, you know, the snowball started rolling. The FBI issued a statement that night at quarter past 11 from the pub across the road from the four courts. And um, it just brought a whole load of attention onto the FBI's governance and finances. You said in the book, Delaney's head dropped when the verdict was read out by the judge. What was your reaction? Relief and elation. I've, I've been injuncted as a journalist before and it's demoralizing. You know, it, it puts the newspaper at huge uh, costs, you know, paying upwards of 50,000 euro for, for losing a high court case. So to know that we've been endorsed by the judge saying, yes, go and get it, go publish this. It was just fantastic. If, if I'd been at a football match, I would have jumped up in the air, but it was just kind of stay quiet, write down what he's saying and get out the door and get that story into the paper. But just huge relief and... and, and not, before, not before the journalistic instinct was still there. You, you wanted to get your quote, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. Like this is a guy who, John Delaney had been avoiding me for years. Like he'd, he'd, he'd walk past me if I was at a press conference when I tried to ask questions. So. We've been chasing him for weeks on this, and I, yeah, I, I wanted to go over and ask him for a reaction. You know, now that the, we were doing the story, my lawyer advised me against it, saying it was a, it was a bit raw still. State funding is suspended. Uh, the government starts asking questions now. A whistleblower is approaching you with more details, and it all seems to come to a head in front of the Oireachtas uh, Committee. Yeah, it was like um, a dam had burst. You know, there was a culture of fear within the FAI. People knew. There was things going on that were wrong. And after that St. Patrick's Day story, I was contacted by numerous people um, and I arranged one meeting for, for the following day, which you know, kind of was a jaw-dropping moment for me where I learned about the, uh, the rental payments the FAI were making for John Delaney, the, the, the mad expenditure on his FAI credit card, um, and also payments to John Delaney's girlfriend from the FAI to a woman called Susan Keegan. Th these were all things I learned pretty quick, but didn't ha couldn't prove them all, but we were able to prove the rent story initially and 
And then around the Oireachtas hearing in April, you know, this is John Delaney's big moment to come, mm. you know, tell people, explain what, what was happening and give his say. And, you know, he, he, pl he pled the fifth. He said, I'm not going to answer any questions. He, he dumped all over the FBI finan finance department. Uh, saying it was their fault, they didn't inform me about the sticky spot in 2017, which for so many people knew that everything that happened in, in the FAI, John Delaney knew about, you know, in terms of the finances. He knew how tight things were. So that was a moment for even more people going, ah, come on, you know. It appears that you, you're giving, and I'm saying it appears that you're giving the two fingers to not just Sport Ireland, not just the Transport Committee, not just Grassroots FAI, sporting clubs, could, would Mr. Delaney like to say, to say whether or not at any stage with all of this, I don't have to go through it again, did you ever um, consider your position? I, I, I've read my statement already, um, Deputy Monster, to the, to the committee. No, it's just, just no, a question. It's just a, I, I've, I've read my statement. We had this famous moment where the FAI treasurer, a man approaching 80 years of age, Eddie Murray, didn't know how many bank accounts the FAI had. So, you know, as, as we quote in the book, one um, sport official saying, John Delaney walked in there, still in control of the FAI effectively, but he walked out there, a dead man walking. And that weekend, things came to a head. We, we finally got the credit card details. We were ready to go on that, um, showing, you know, expenditure on duty-free, takeaways, executive dry cleaning, um, a lot of personal expenditure, cash withdrawals, over 6,000 6, euro in the space of six months. And at that same time, little did we know, the FAI had a, an all-night meeting at Navitstown to discuss John Delaney's departure. At this stage, is this finally the point where even they, his former, even his former supporters on the board, realise he has to go? Yeah, this is it. Nearly to a man, you know. He was given an option, you know, either resign or be voluntarily suspended. He eventually agrees to be voluntar voluntarily suspended. He, mm. he tries to write the press release. He says, you know, I want to, you know, praise my work with UEFA, the Viva Stadium, and everything else. Move to Abbotstown. They, they don't agree to that. The FA at this stage, the board are standing up to him and he's suspended. And that happens for six months. Uh, all the time he's getting paid, 30,000 euro a month. And eventually in the new board, the FAI comes in elected at the AGM down in Trim and they decide, look, this has to stop. Let's do a deal. It's more or less the same deal that the old board had done, you know, in terms of the amount, 460,000 euro. Then that deal is done in September. You know, John Delaney finally resigns from the FAI and you know, a kind of a, a short one-line statement goes out on Saturday night. Figures that we come out and a, figure, a debt figure of 55 million is pretty horrifying and very scary and a, a terrible reflection of the state of affairs that the FAI is in. I was part of a board that should have scrutinised more seriously than it did. It's not a matter of pointing at anybody else here. Uh, I feel responsible for not having discharged that uh, responsibility to a higher standard. It's only when he's gone and the books are reviewed and, and the accounts for previous years are redone that the full picture of how bad the finances are. And one of the officials, when they're announcing it, say it's a dark day for Irish football. It, it was a bleak, bleak picture when the true facts were out. I remember we all thought it was going to be bad, but going into Abbottstown that morning and seeing the books, how the, the accounts had to be restated for the two previous years and 2.7 million profit mm. turns into a 2.7 million loss. And you know the debt is around 55 million, including the stadium loan. It was a, a, a real dark day, I suppose, but a, also important day in, in terms of, for the first time in 15 years, there's transparency. You know this, how, this is how bad it is, and we need help, or else the whole place is going to go bust. Thankfully, a deal on the debt was eventually done um, with the government, UEFA, and the bank um, on restructuring, and the FAI survives with a new board. 
faces a difficult and uncertain future, as we know. But meanwhile, you get your hands on the COSI report, which is one of these forensic accounting reports into the FBI spending, which had been handed straight to the guards. What did that tell us about the lavish lifestyle that John Delaney was leading on the FAI's book? Akosi were appointed by Sport Ireland and when they looked at the books they found over €900,000 of excess FAI money had gone to John Delaney on top of his salary. He'd repaid some 220000 of that but it left him ahead to the tune of over €700,000. They found half a million euro had gone on his FAI credit card over the last five years. They put about 125000 of that as personal expenditure, some €50,000 withdrawn on cash. So th these are you know, not normal expenditures by any association. A lot of the money had gone on John, John Delaney's uh, legal expenses. You know, money had been paid out, hundreds of thousands of euro to pay legal uh, defamation cases that he'd taken. And when he got settlements from various media organizations about the Rio 2016 mm. ticket scandal, he was taking the money back in and the FBI was picking up the cost. So, you know. Jaw-dropping detail uh, throughout the book. Um, thanks for joining us today, Mark. Champagne Football is uh, available on Easton's Online and in all good uh, bookshops. Um, there's a line in the end when you're summing up and it says, Delaney's greed and obsession with control and secrecy ultimately caught up with him. I wonder how much is it a story about one man's misdeeds and, and greed that you talk about and how much is it about what he was allowed to do by Irish football, by government forces who were very loud towards the end but very quiet for many years, and by uh, the standards of Irish public life in general? What does, it all, what does it say about all those things? Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely wouldn't put everything in, 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 at John Delaney's feet. You know, the media, we all, we reported what was happening, but we could have dug, dug harder. I think I could have dug in harder in years earlier, maybe. You know, there was a lot of telltale signs, something was amiss. Definitely, you see how the politicians cozied up to him. You see how the sports administrators, like Sport Ireland, they brought in tighter rules in the, in the aftermath of our revelations. You know, they didn't need new law for that. They just brought it in because there's an outcry. But they could have done that off their own volition, I think, years earlier. So, and obviously, look, in, in terms of the FAI themselves, I think a lot of the directors would hold their hands up and say, we should have done more. You know, we, sh we should have put a stop to this. We, we, unfortunately, we were cowed. And, and, and we didn't do our job. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of blame that can go around for what happened. It's an extraordinary story. It's an extraordinary book. Mark, thanks for joining us and telling us about it. Pleasure, Tommy. Thanks. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 